0: Chapter Twenty-Three of Dope. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mark Friend. Dope by Sax Romer. Part Third. The Man from Whitehall. Chapter Twenty-Three. Chief Inspector Carey resigns. Come in," said the Assistant Commissioner. The door opened, and Chief Inspector Carey entered his face was as fresh-looking his attire as spruce and his eyes were as bright as though he had slept well enjoyed his bath and partaken of an excellent breakfast whereas he had not been to bed during the preceding twenty-four hours had breakfast upon biscuits and coffee and had spent the night and early morning in ceaseless toil nevertheless he had found time to visit a hairdressing salon for he prided himself upon the nicety of his personal appearance he laid his hat cane and overall upon a chair and from a pocket of his reefer jacket took out a big notebook good morning sir he said good morning chief inspector replied the assistant commissioner pray be seated no doubt he suppressed a weary sigh you have a long report to make i observe that some of the papers have the news of sir lucian pine's death chief inspector carey smiled savagely Twenty press men are sitting downstairs,' he said, waiting for particulars. "'One of them got into my room.' He opened his notebook. He didn't stay long. The assistant commissioner gazed wearily at his blotting pad, striking imaginary cords upon the table edge with his large, widely extended fingers. He cleared his throat. <coughs> "'Chief inspector,' he said. "'I fully recognize the difficulties which—you follow me? "'But the press is the press.' neither you or i could hope to battle against such an institution even if we desired to do so where active resistance is useless a little tact you quite understand quite sir rely upon me replied Carry, but i didn't mean to open my mouth until i had reported to you now sir here is a précis of evidence nearly complete written out clearly by sergeant combs you would probably prefer to read it yes yes i will read it but has sergeant combs been on duty all night he has sir and so have i sergeant combs went home an hour ago ah murmured the assistant commissioner he took the notebook from Carey and resting his head upon his hand began to read Carey sat very upright in his chair chewing slowly and watching the profile of the reader with his unwavering steel blue eyes the reading was twice punctuated by telephone messages but the assistant commissioner apparently possessed the napoleonic faculty of doing two things at once for his gaze traveled uninterruptedly along the lines of the report throughout the time that he issued telephonic instructions when he had arrived at the final page of combe's neat schoolboy writing he did not look up for a minute or more continuing to rest his head in the palm of his hand then so far you have not succeeded in establishing the identity of the missing man cosma he said "'Not so far, sir,' replied Carey, enunciating the words with characteristic swift precision, each syllable distinct as the rap of a typewriter. "'Inspector Whiteleaf of Vine Street has questioned all constables in the Piccadilly area, and we have seen members of the staffs of many shops and offices in the neighborhood, but no one is familiar with the appearance of the missing man.' "'Ah, now, the Egyptian servant!' Inspector Carey moved his shoulders restlessly. "'Rashid is his name.' Many of the people in the neighborhood knew him by sight, and at five o'clock this morning, one of my assistants had the good luck to find out, from an Arab house keeper named Abdullah, where Rashid lived. He paid a visit to the place. It's off the West India Dock Road, half an hour later. But Rashid had gone. I regret to report that all traces of him have been lost. Ah. Oh. Considering the circumstance side by side with the facts that no scrap of evidence has come to light in Cosma's premises and that the late Sir Lucian's private books and papers cannot be found, what do you deduce, Chief Inspector? My report indicates what I deduce, sir. An accomplice of Cosma's must have been in Sir Lucian's household. Cosma and Mrs. Irvin can only have left the premises by going up to the roof and across the leads to Sir Lucian's flat in Albemarle Street, I shall charge the man, Juan Marino. What has he to say? murmured the assistant commissioner, absently turning over the pages of the notebook. Ah, oh, yes. Claims to be a citizen of the United States, but has produced no papers. Engaged by Sir Lucian Pine in San Francisco. Professes to have no evidence to offer. Admitted Mrs. Monty to Sir Lucian's flat on night of murder. Sir Lucian and Mrs. Irvin went out together shortly afterwards, and Sir Lucian ordered him, Marino, to go for the car to Garage in South Audley Street and drive to Club, where Sir Lucian proposed to dine. Marino claims to have followed the instructions after waiting near Club for an hour, learned from Hall Porter that Sir Lucian had not been there that evening, drove car back to Garage and returned to Albemarle Street shortly after 8 o'clock. Hmm... Is this confirmed in any way? Carrie's teeth snapped together viciously. Up to a point it is, sir. The club porter remembers Marino inquiring about Sir Lucian, and the people at the garage testify that he took out the car and returned it as stated. No one has come forward who actually saw him waiting outside the club? No one. But, unfortunately, it was a dark, misty night, and cars waiting for club members stand in a narrow side turning. Reno is a surly brute and he might have waited an hour without speaking to a soul unless another chauffeur happened to notice and recognize the car nobody would be any wiser the assistant commissioner sighed glancing up for the first time you don't think he waited outside the club at all he said i don't sir rapped Carey. the assistant commissioner rested his head upon his hand again it doesn't seem to be germane to your case chief inspector in any event there is no question of an alibi Sir Lucian's wristwatch was broken at 7.15, evidently at the time of his death, and this man, Marino, does not claim to have left the flat until after that hour. I know it, sir, said Carey. He took out the car at half-past seven. What I want to know is where he went to. The assistant commissioner glanced rapidly into the speaker's fierce eyes. From what you have gathered, respecting the appearance of Cosma, does it seem possible that Marino may be Cosma? It does not, sir. Sir. Cosma has been described to me, at first hand and at second hand. All descriptions tally in one respect. Cosma has remarkably large eyes. In Miss Haley's evidence, you will note that she refers to them as larger than any human eyes I have ever seen. Now, Marino has eyes like a pig. Then I take it you are charging him as accessory? Exactly, sir. Somebody got Cosma and Mrs. Irwin away, and it can only have been Marino, sir lucian had no other resident servant he was a man who lived almost entirely at restaurants and clubs again somebody cleaned up his papers and it was somebody who knew where to look for them quite so quite so murmured the assistant commissioner of course we shall learn to-day something of his affairs from his banker he must have banked somewhere but surely chief inspector there is a safe or a private bureau in his flat there is sir said Carey grimly a safe I had it opened at six o'clock this morning. It had been hastily cleaned out. Not a doubt of it. I expect Sir Lucian carried the keys on his person. You will remember, sir, that his pockets had been emptied. Hmm, mused the assistant commissioner. This Cabana Cigarette Company, chief inspector. Dummy goods, rapped Carey. A blind. Just a back entrance to Cosma's office. Premises were leased on behalf of an agent. This agent, a reputable man of business, paid the rent quarterly. I've seen him. And who was his client? asked the assistant commissioner, displaying a faint trace of interest. A certain Mr. Isaacs. Who can be traced? Who can't be traced? His checks? Chief Inspector Carey smiled, so that his large white teeth gleamed savagely. Mr. Isaacs represented himself as a dealer in Covent Garden, who was leasing the office for a lady friend, and who desired, for domestic reasons, to cover his tracks as ready money in large amounts changes hands in the market mr isaacs paid ready money to the agent beyond doubt the real source of the ready money was cosma's but his address a hotel in covent garden where he lives where he is known to the booking clerk a girl who allowed him to have letters addressed there a man of smoke sir acting on behalf of someone in the background ah and these bond street premises have been occupied by cosma for the past eight years So, I am told. I have yet to see representatives of the landlord. I may add that Sir Lucian Pine had lived in Albemarle Street for about the same time. Wearily raising his head. The point is certainly significant, said the assistant commissioner. Now we come to the drug traffic, Chief Inspector. You have found no trace of drugs on the premises? Not a grain, sir. In the office of the cigarette firm? No. By the way, was there no staff attached to the latter concern? Carrie chewed viciously. "'No business of any kind seems to have been done there,' he replied. "'An office boy, employed by the solicitor on the same floor as Cosma, "'has seen a man, and also a woman, go up to the third floor on several occasions, "'and he seems to think they went to the Cabanas office. "'But he's not sure, and he can give no useful description of the parties anyway. "'Nobody in the building has ever seen the door open before this morning.' "'The assistant commissioner sighed yet more wearily.' Apart from suspicions of Miss Margaret Haley, you have no sound basis for supposing that Cosma dealt in prohibited drugs, he inquired. The evidence of Miss Haley, the letter left for her by Mrs. Irvin, and the fact that Mrs. Irvin said, in the presence of Mr. Quinton Gray, that she had a particular reason for seeing Cosma, point to it unmistakably, sir. Then I have seen Mrs. Irvin's maid. Mr. Monty Irvin is still too unwell to be interrogated. The girl was very frightened, but she admitted outright that she had been in the habit of going regularly to Cosma for certain perfumes. She wouldn't admit that she knew the flasks contained cocaine or veronal, but she did admit that her mistress had been addicted to the drug a habit for several years. It began when she was on the stage. "'Ah, yes,' murmured the assistant commissioner. "'She was Rita Dresden, was she not? "'The maid of the mask. "'A very pretty and talented actress. "'A pity.' A great pity. So, the girl, characteristically, is trying to save herself? She is, said Carrie grimly, but it cuts no ice. There is another point. After this report was made out, a message reached me from Miss Haley, as a result of which I visited Mr. Quinton Gray early this morning. Dear, dear, sighed the assistant commissioner. Your intense zeal and activity are admirable, Chief Inspector, but appalling. And what did you learn? From an inside pocket, Chief Inspector Carey took out a plain brown paper packet containing several cigarettes and laid the packet on the table. "'I got these, sir,' he said grimly. "'They were left at Mr. Gray's some weeks ago by the late Sir Lucian. They are doped.' The assistant commissioner, his head resting upon his hand, gazed abstractedly at the packet. "'If only you could trace the source of supply,' he murmured. "'That brings me to my last point, sir.' From Mrs. Irvin's maid, I learned that her mistress was acquainted with a certain Mrs. Sin. Mrs. Sin? Incredible name. She's a woman reputed to be married to a Chinaman. Inspector Whiteleaf of Vine Street knows her by sight as one of the nightclub birds. A sort of mysterious fungus, sir, flowering in the dark and fattening on gilded fools. Unless I'm greatly mistaken, Mrs. Sin is the link between the doped cigarettes and the missing Cosma. Does anyone know where she lives? lots of em know snapped carey but it's making them speak to whom do you more particularly refer chief inspector to the moneyed asses and the brainless women belonging to a certain west end set sir said carey savagely they go in for every monstrosity from buenos aires port Said, and pekin they get up dances that would make a wooden horse blush they eat hashish and they smoke opium they inject morphine and they would have their hair dyed blue if they heard it was being done ah sighed the assistant commissioner a very delicate and complex case chief inspector the agony of mind which mr Irvin must be suffering is too horrible for one to contemplate an admirable man too honourable and generous I can conceive no theory to account for the disappearance of Mrs. Irvin other than she was a party to the murder. No, sir, said Carey guardedly, but we have the dope clue to work on. That the Chinese receive stuff in the East End and that it's sold in the West End, every constable in the force is well aware. Lehman Street is getting busy, and every shady case in the Piccadilly area will be beaten up within the next twenty-four hours, too." It's purely departmental, sir, from now onwards, and merely a question of time. Therefore, I don't doubt the issue. Carey paused, cleared his throat, and produced a foolscap envelope, which he laid upon the table before the assistant commissioner. With very deep regret, sir, he said. After a long and agreeable association with the criminal investigation department, I have to tender you this. The assistant commissioner took up the envelope and stared at it vaguely. Ah uh, yes, Chief Inspector," he murmured. "Perhaps I fail entirely to follow you. I am somewhat overworked, as you know. What does this envelope contain?" "My resignation, sir," replied Carey. End of Chapter Twenty-Three.